The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... And welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Crumpetich. Howdy. Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we're going to talk about Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson both stepping up big in the absence of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Now, after that, we'll recap last week's three games and preview this week's four games against the Magic and Heat the Raptors, and the Lakers. Shout out to our order for our bet question from last week. We were guessing if Chris Paul would wear a beanie on the sideline in the game against the Knicks. He did not. So shout out to at Sunders Dunks on Twitter and Omar at Midcard at Best on Twitter, who both said Chris Paul would not wear a beanie. Between the two of us, I said no, you said yes. I take the lead for the first time all season. I'm up eight to seven on our bad question series. It's a disappointing question to uh, lose the lead on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also had an idea from at comic evangelists on Twitter who we were trying to figure out how to pay this bet off because we figured it out for last season and still haven't done it. I still have to do that at some point, but uh, we were trying to figure out what we could do for this season. And comic evangelists said we should, uh, have to wear the gear of the opposing team and go to the game only wear the gear of the opposing team for one quarter. And, uh, we're considering it. It's, uh, it would be very, very difficult for either of us to do that, but it's in the running. We're thinking about it. I couldn't imagine doing it. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I mean, if I lose and we choose this, I'll do it, but it would be very hard. We, we were talking it'd have to be for an Eastern team because, yeah. you know, who cares, really? It'd be it'd be right. much harder to root for a Western team, even if you were faking it, even for one quarter, right. straight up. My uh, plan was for when I win to get you those Lakers <laughs> shorts that say <laughs> Lakers across the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Uh, I would not, I would refuse a Lakers one. I'll say that. Yeah, that would be bad. I would refuse that. We wouldn't do Lakers, Spurs, anything like that. No, just give me a team on the East with a likable player. You know, just like one player. Even if he's on the bench, I could just lock onto that, you know, something. 
I wouldn't mind like having an Orlando Magic hat or something. Like I wouldn't wear it, but it'd be kind of cool. Maybe we should uh, buy a communal Jalen Suggs jersey that we can share. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, do love Jalen Suggs. Yeah, shout out Gonzaga. They just won. They beat San Francisco in the semifinal for the uh, West Coast Conference tournament. And yeah, we're getting into March Madness. I always forget how busy this time of year is. The Suns have a bunch of games. It's March Madness. Gonzaga's looking like they're making a deep run again. It's a really fun time for basketball fans right now. Oh, yeah. The the TV is gets its use this time yes. of year. I feel like I'm yeah. just always watching TV. And uh, normally it's Bali sports. But as we get into March a little further, that's that switches a little more TNT, TBS, true TV. Yeah, yeah. this is the you time know? of year where I go, oh, yeah, we get true TV. True TV. Like, that's right. What else do they even show? Oh, Impractical Jokers is on yeah. after the game. For eight straight hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't think I could name anything else they show. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> I put a few seconds thought in, into that and absolutely nothing came. So. Yep. College basketball and impractical jokers. But what more do you need? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've seen, uh, we had a week without Chris Paul already. The team made it through that. And now we're without Devin Booker, who is in the COVID protocol. Uh, missed a few games last week. Looks like he'll still be missing the Magic game uh, on Tuesday, the day this episode comes out. So we'll be without him as well. But two guys have really been stepping up in that time. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Uh, you just can't say enough about what these guys have been doing in these stars' absences. Yeah, and it's interesting because we we talked about this a little bit about the lineup um, with Cam Johnson in the starting lineup. Um, we had kind of made that adjustment. That was especially um, with campaign still being out for a little bit. He came back and uh, we switched up the starting lineup. We talked about this last time, and as we all know, the Suns listened to our podcast in the locker room at halftime, so Monty clearly took our advice and made those adjustments. <laughs> Just kidding. For those of you who don't know, we're being sarcastic. This is a long time running joke. Um, but no, it was obvious. Like we really needed Cam to come off the bench. Cam Johnson, I should say, because he is that nice spark. And you could say it worked. Oh, ap- yeah, it absolutely worked. We we get to see a game where he gets his career high and then the cherry on top with the banked in three pointer to win the game at the buzzer. I mean, so great. You normally don't get both of those on the same night, your career high and a game winner. And was this on his birthday or right next to his birthday? Really close. I don't think it was his exact birthday. I could be wrong. But, but in in the vicinity in in the vicinity is cool enough, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and he also tied the team record for most threes made in a game at nine. Ties that with old Aaron Baines. Oh, that's insane! <laughs> I, know, I completely right? forgot that Baines was the one holding that title for the Suns. <laughs> that's that's so wild. Yeah, so I'm happy for Cam Johnson to 
Cam Johnson is someone a little bit better to hold the three-point make record, but he's tied. He's tied. Makes a little bit more sense, but yeah. Th- yeah. 38 love points. That Baines game, though. Oh, yeah. Who did? We were at that game. I remember. Yeah. When was there a like a step back three yes, in that game or was. was that a different one? <laughs> no, that was that game. I think he put a dribble down, had a big, substantial step back back to the three point line and just drained it. Yeah. And that may have been the loudest that that arena has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. Uh no, but Johnson in this one, 9 for 12 from downtown, 11 for 16 from the floor, 7 for 8 from the line. Uh, scoring 38 points on 16 shots. That's pretty crazy. The night yeah. before, he goes for 20 points on 8 shots. So the guy needs to get more shots up. I hope we we get to see that a lot more often, especially while we're a little shorthanded. But, uh, you know, we we moved to the Bucks game, and unfortunately he misses that one with a – was it a hamstring or quad bruise? It was, was that yeah, it? a quad bruise. So that that's unlucky because, you know, it's fun riding the hot hand, and it would have been nice to see what he did the game after the, the career high. But unfortunately he misses that one. But in the long scheme of things, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. These guys are playing big, big minutes a lot of the time. Uh, We're not relying on our bench quite as much as some of us would like to see. So, you know, we'll we'll take it. But uh, that just means it's more room for Mikhail Bridges to step up. And he has, yeah. Bridges has also been great. Shooting the ball pretty well, the three ball. He struggled just a little bit first stretch there and now the three is coming along again and just you know the the rankings i forget whose rankings espn or whatever for the top five defensive players of the year candidates came out and mikhail was number two so it's cool to see him getting some of that recognition um yeah i don't i can't remember who put that out it's bugging me but someone some source um, but yeah, I just love seeing him getting that love. He definitely is either the defensive player of the year or very close to it. Yep. He's, he should definitely be in the running. I'll say that for sure. And, uh, just the really nice thing is that his offense has been coming along so nicely this year. Uh, what did he have? 20 against the Knicks against the Blazers. He had 15. And against the Bucks, he had 14, which all came in the second half. He had a rough start to that one. But, you know, when the game got, you know, to being towards being on the line, Mikhail really stepped up, kept the team hanging in there. So just the output of those guys lately, if you look at the last five or six, the numbers would probably be a little better. But Bridges is going for 16 points, four boards, three assists per game in his last 10. While Johnson goes for 18, 3, and 3 in his last 10. Yeah, really nice. So good to see these guys step up. And this is where Booker and Paul being out becomes a blessing in disguise to give those guys some more confidence going into the playoffs. Yep, that'll be very nice. Uh, Like like I did mention a little bit earlier, though, I do worry about the minutes. We saw McHale play 42 against the Bucks, 38 against the Knicks, and only 29 against the Trailblazers. So 
that's a little better, but that came with a 30-point win, so we were able to give the bench a little bit more love in that one. But, uh, yeah, going forward, let's just hope that we can see Torrey Craig really solidify himself in the offense and get that going a little bit. And, you know, after that, it's uh, it's Ish Wainwright. I, I don't know how much we can rely on him at this point. So uh, it will be interesting to see how we can spread out the minutes for all of our wings uh, through the rest of the season here. Yeah, and I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen as we start clinching and solidifying our playoff position. If we clinch the one seed or whatever, uh, are we going to give our guys some rest or are we going to keep pushing them to get the momentum going out of the playoffs? I'm not sure what we'll do. Yeah, that, that is a good point because luckily with our losses here lately, they've been matched by teams like the Warriors and Grizzlies. They've been losing some games too. Warriors mm-hmm. have lost four games in a row. So we, we're yeah. up eight on both of the Warriors and Grizzlies who are uh, they're, they're tied up. So we, we do have quite a bit of room for that one seed. And, yeah, that might be happen, happening relatively soon, especially if those two teams keep dropping a few and we keep winning at the pace we are. Uh, yeah, a, a clinch of a, a one seed will happen really soon. And I did we already clinch home court advantage? It's pretty darn close. It's got to be very close. Yeah, even if we go two and one in each three game set for the rest of the regular season, we'll be fine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty encouraged by that. But, yeah, I just wonder if we'll get some of those guys some rest. You know, I look at the schedule and it's tough because we have a, a mix of good and not so good teams that we play, but you know, if we look at April, OKC on April 3rd, shout out to my sister. That's her birthday. Do we rest some guys in that game? The Lakers on April 5th. Do we rest some guys in that game? You know, the Lakers aren't very good. We play the Clippers uh, the very next day. Do we rest some guys during that, the second night of our last back-to-back? At Utah, that might be a fairly meaningless game. They could also be fighting for position. Last game of the regular season on April 10th, Sacramento. Do we rest our guys in that game? I kind of think, yeah, just because the playoffs are long, you get a good first series, and that's enough momentum to go into the next one. Yeah, I agree with that. And we can finally say these guys, uh, they know what they're doing in the playoffs. They were all there last year. They know the they know the drill. So you got to think they'll be ready for it, even if they're coming off a game or two extra rest beforehand. I'm not worried about that at all. That's a good point, though. All right, let's move it on. Do some game recaps from last week. We'll start with the Blazers game. That was a win and a, a fun one. The 50th Suns win of the year as well as uh, another 50 out there. Al McCoy, 50 years of Suns broadcast tribute night at the stadium and on the broadcast. Uh, Just a really fun night, especially for us TV watchers who don't get to listen to Al quite as much as we'd all probably like to. They had him uh, in the broadcast for a while, his play-by-play alongside the game. 
which is just a perfect combination and really cool to watch. Yeah, so cool. So happy for Al. He's great. And yeah, you may have heard us say stuff like this over the last couple of years that, you know, we've listened on the radio maybe more than we had in the past, especially since, you know, we don't go to as many games as we once did. Um, and yeah, there will be nights where I'm driving home and I get off work about the time the games start a lot of the time. And I'll listen to half of the first quarter, the Al McCoy call. So that's always pretty nice. Um, he's just the best of the best. And nice to see a little tribute from Mike Breen. Um, he had some really nice words about Al McCoy and just talking about how he's the one who all of the broadcasters nowadays look up to. So, yeah, very cool. Yep. Let's win that guy a championship. I think I'd be oh, most, yeah. I, I've probably said it before, but I'd be most happy for him out of anybody. I mean, yeah. 50 years with this team, never, never a championship. No one else can say they say they've been with the team that long without a no. championship. So I mean, I know. do it for Al. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to. Yeah. And if we win it all, we can do the old Denver Broncos treatment. Lift the trophy and say this one's for Al. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Uh, back to the game, though. We have six guys in double figures, led by Cam Johnson off the bench with 20, like we mentioned earlier. But then we had Aiton with 18, 15 apiece for Bridges and Crowder, 13 for McGee, and 12 for Shamit. Shamit has definitely been stepping up a little bit in this uh, little stretch. He had a poor game against the Knicks, but really had a pretty decent game against the Bucks. And this one against the Blazers was solid too. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he doesn't have to do very much to be solid. He was two for eight from three. And like, that's fine. Cause we've seen a lot of oh for eight games <laughs> from Shaman. So if he can make a couple threes, a couple free throws, that's all we need. So, yeah, it has been nice to see him step up a little bit. Um, I want to say good things. There's a lot of good things. Cam Johnson was highly efficient in this, six for eight shooting. Our rebounding is rough, though. Our rebounding has been so bad lately. And Aiton only had eight rebounds in this game, and it gets worse. But eight rebounds against the Blazers, like... They have guys on 10-day contracts playing center. Yeah, it's a little worrisome. It was nice to see that Aiton did acknowledge this, though, and said, I need to be rebounding. The team relies on me to rebound the ball, and I haven't been doing it. So it's good that he acknowledges that, but we need to see it. And another troubling thing here is JaVale McGee's minutes have gone way down as of this week. Uh, we saw plenty of Biombo against the Bucks. I believe he came in before McGee in that game. But uh, he played 13 minutes to McGee's almost nine. So I'm a little worried what's going on with the back of the center rotation. I don't think it's uh, – it shouldn't be too worrisome at this point, mm -hmm. but something that we should uh, be looking into and figuring out as we move closer and closer to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm hoping – we're just trying to give McGee a little bit of rest, knowing that he's going to be playing a bigger role in the playoffs. But, yeah, you're right. 
um, it is a little bit concerning. True. And it's uh, we're not really having a ton of guys step up on the glass when Aiton's having these mediocre to poor rebounding games. And who do we rely on? Uh, it's tough. Other than McGee and Biombo off the bench, I'd say our best rebounders would probably be Tory Craig. Yeah. And uh, Crowder. Yeah, probably. That's tough. And, Those are yeah, two undersized right. power forwards who, you know, they're okay rebounders. They're not great rebounders. This is where we miss Dario. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. So hopefully he steps it up, but I seeing him acknowledge that just took me back to the pre Chris Paul days of Aiton saying, Oh, I'm going to dominate, dominate and all that. And then he'd come out and score 10 points or whatever. And then say the same thing again, two weeks later, it's, it's a little bit worrisome because clearly without Chris Paul, Aiton just is not the same. He needs, like, Chris Paul clearly is pushing him. And then no Booker. It's like, I really expected Aiton to step up even more. Now, he did have a good game against the Bucks. I have to say that. He played really well against the Bucks. He did put his money where his mouth was in that Bucks game. Yep. Yeah, it seems like Chris needs to be out there to hold him accountable. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe when Book's out there, he can get away with a little laziness every once in a while. Uh, but Book will get on him. But Chris, there's just, I assume it's, uh, you don't want to mess up when Chris is on the court because he's going to come get after you as soon as you do. Right. Uh, maybe that's, you know, in the back of his head thinking, okay, I don't have to sprint back on defense this time or crash the rebounds too hard. I'm not going to get chewed out by anybody on the court right now. Maybe. And yeah, do you want to, I'll play devil's advocate. Do you want to be paying a guy like that a five-year max deal? I know. I thought about that too. And I still think the answer at the end of the day is yes. We need to pay Mm -hmm. Aiden that, but yeah, it's a little concerning. It is. Uh, And the crazy thing is he's still so young. There's still a lot of room for him to grow, uh, you know, is just a maturity standpoint as well as on the court as a player. I mean, there's there's still some potential there to become even better. Yeah, you're right. He's going to grow. He's going to get better. He's still very young. Yeah, uh, these things happen. Let's move it on to the next game where Aiton goes for eight points and three rebounds in 34 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. That that was tough. Uh, it's a Mitchell Robinson is probably the toughest matchup for him in the league. Yeah, probably. I mean, there's not many guys who are either faster or stronger than D.A. or longer. And uh, I don't know if Robinson's faster, but he definitely has him beat in some of those uh, categories. And Robinson goes for 17 and 15 in this game. He just he just had his way eight for eight. Probably seven of those were dunks. Yeah. Just one of those. Offensive things. rebounds, too. So many second chances in this game. Yeah. yeah. Nine, nine offensive rebounds for Robinson compared to six on defense. Uh, yikes. Yeah, that is that's scary. But he's great at that. 
I mean, that's that's more of a um, praise of Robinson. But I guess it's kind of a slight on Aiden, too. But I think more so I'm praising Robinson in this because he played a great game. Yeah, he really did. And, I mean, that wasn't it. There's four steals and three blocks in there, too. Didn't miss a shot the whole game. Ah, that's just so impressive. And the Knicks, they had our numbers early in this game. They, uh... It, it was the third quarter where they just absolutely blew us out, but the yeah. first half was tight too. And mm-hmm. let's just talk about it. Julius Randle was having his way. He was uh, getting buckets. He was playing his bully ball. He was getting away with things. He was getting to the free throw line. And a lot of it was directed at Cameron Johnson. And it, it got to the point where Cameron Johnson, of all the guys on our roster, had to finally stand up for himself, which resulted in a bit of a little scuffle which ended with uh, Julius Randle shoving a ref to get closer to Cam Johnson to shove him, which yeah. gets him his second technical of the game and tossed. And then a nice little 50K fine in the next days afterwards as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was playing so physically, and Cam just gave it back to him a little bit, and he flipped his lid. So if you can't take it, you can't dish it, you know? And yeah, Cam got he got a shoulder shouldered pretty hard right into the ribs a, a few plays earlier where he had to take a few seconds to kind of recuperate. That looked pretty rough. Uh, another time on offense, Randall with a similar play. And then the the play that this all came from, it was a bit of a dirty box out. And then after the whistle, Cam just gave him a little shove and that that was enough to set him off. And, man, that's tough. The the Knicks have been struggling. They've lost a ton of games as of late. Uh, And then it looks like they're finally about to knock off the best team in the league. Even though we didn't have two of our best players, you still want to knock off the best team in the league, no matter who you are. And I think it's pretty safe to say if Julius Randle hadn't pulled that and played the rest of the game, Knicks very well could have won this game. Yeah, I think they would have. Julius Randle was playing really well. And, yeah, I mean, okay, this is a soapbox a little bit. And I know it's not the NBA. I know I was obviously much younger and it's different. But, like, I played like Julius Randle when I played. Like, I was very physical. I would get down low. I could still shoot a little bit. And that would, you know, force guys to come out a little bit. But I loved being physical down low. And if someone gave that back to me, I knew I had them. You know, I was like, that's great. Give it back. And I remember I would set screens. I'd set really hard screens. And, you know, opposing players would go to the refs and say, hey, watch his moving screens. I wouldn't move most of the time. But if I ever heard someone say that to the ref, I'm like, I got him right where I want him. You know, <laughs> I was in their head. And yeah, if they gave me that back physically, I'm like, this plays into my game. Cause I loved posting up back to the basket down low, feel where the defender's at, get physical and I'll just go the, to the open side that you give me. So I don't understand. Julius Randall should have liked Cam giving that a little bit back to him. It, it feeds into Randall's game. That's kind of what I thought as I watched that. I'm like, yeah, if I 
put this on the level that I understand. Like it was always nice to get that back a little bit because then you can read the guy and then he gets a little bit frustrated. Oh, sure. And I bet it is frustrating guarding him. Uh, Cam Johnson's not built to guard a big burly power forward like that. And Randall takes full advantage of it. He does a great job getting that contact and getting the feel of which way to roll. Uh, probably one of the best in the game at that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. type of play. But yeah, it's just a shame that he couldn't really keep his head in check and, uh, you know, help his team maybe get a victory in that. Uh, man, just uh, an interesting night from that team with uh, Robinson's great play, Randall's solid play before getting tossed. Then you, you got to rely on RJ Barrett, who plays 44 minutes and goes six for 26. <laughs> Right. Whew, that's a that's a lot of shooting to only come away with six buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this game, I of course, we're going to remember the ending, but they really had a chance. We were down one. We have the ball. Campaign tries to go play hero ball and gets blocked. We have to foul and they only make one free throw. We get a rebound, which was kind of lucky because it was more like a 50-50 ball. Mikhail happens to be able to get it to Campaign, who sees Cam Johnson trailing in just the right place, who makes a very deep, unlikely shot and banks it in. Like, I kind of felt for Knicks fans in that. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Yeah. Remember when we were just a pretty poor team? I'm, yeah, how, I'm thinking the same thing. When the wins felt so good when you got them, and then yeah. how terrible they felt when they get taken away from you in the last second of the game. Yeah. I mean, you can live with getting spanked. You can shut off the TV and be done with it for the night. You know, that type of deal. But uh, when you lose on a buzzer beater, oh, that hurts. That yeah. hurts. Yeah. Just nice to be on the other side of those. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, <laughs> that'll be one that we remember for a long time. Not not oh, quite yeah. as long as we'll remember the value, but uh, right. that's up there. Yeah. I recommend everyone. The Suns posted this on Instagram, too. Watch the Spanish play-by-play of the of that last sequence. Ooh. It'll get you pumped. Nice. Like, I believe that. It's pretty awesome. I believe that. <laughs> I will have to do that. That sounds good. Yeah, All right. I recommend it. And we'll move it on to the Bucks game. So uh, going into this one, uh, just before the game, we hear that Cam Johnson won't be playing. So we know we're without Paul, Booker, and Johnson going up against the Bucks. Uh, in our first matchup this season, we handed it to them. Uh, maybe a little bad blood. We left the starters in. We ran it up a little bit against these guys. So I was a little nervous heading into this game. Probably, aside from the finals after game two, this is probably the most nervous I've been about a a game for the Suns that I can remember. And the Suns came out playing just absolutely great basketball. The the starting lineup of Shamit and Payne, they had it going. We were hitting our shots. Uh, So were the Bucks. But the first half of this, we ended up, up three. And it was just a, a great, you know, ABC afternoon game on Sunday. Yeah. I wasn't as nervous because I went into this game thinking, there's no way we win. It's not even going to be close. Johnson, Booker, Paul, all out. Like, this isn't going to be good. 
it was great. This was an awesome game pretty much up until the very end. We kind of just lost the lead toward the end, and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton couldn't miss. But, yeah, this was a really, really good game. Nice to see Landry Shamit get going. Nice to see Aiden have a good game. We hit a bunch of threes early on, and as exciting as that was, it were I'm like this is not sustainable. I mean, we didn't score in the paint until like halfway into the first quarter, and I'm like, yeah, there's this isn't very sustainable. So we end up we only lose by ten, but we're missing our two best players and a guy coming off a 38 point game. Right. I think we did pretty darn good. And, you know, losing by 10 sounds like we pretty handily lost. But, I mean, up until, what, three minutes left in the game, two and a half minutes, it was pretty tight. We had it down to three at times. Uh, I don't think it got, I don't think it ever got down to one that late, but we kept it really close. And then, yeah, Middleton just went nuclear and could not miss. Uh, that dagger three pointer still hurts a little bit, but yeah, it's it's tough to it's tough to stop guys in the NBA. And we're talking about Mikhail Bridges, who's at the top of the defensive ladder or whatever. And I think it's NBA.com that puts that out. That must be what it is. Uh, we, we see him up there, and then Chris Middleton just absolutely having his way with him. Uh, yeah, guys can get buckets, and Middleton is is great. Uh, 16 for 27, took plenty of shots, but uh, when you're plus 21 on the night with 44 points, you you earned and deserved each one of those. Right. Well, and they had to because we shut Giannis down in the second half. I mean, he had, what, two, one or two points in the second half, maybe three. We really had him doing next to nothing on offense, so... The Bucks yep. are just a good team, and yep. when you do that, they have other guys who can score. But, yeah, overall, I'm very happy with this game. Yeah, just uh, keep that in mind. If there's another finals matchup, this is what we did against Giannis to hold him to 19 points. I mean, right. that's that's solid. I, I wish we could have done that once or twice or three times in the finals last year, but, I know. Uh, man, uh, the Bucks are, you know despite having lost 12 more games than we have this year, they're not messing around. They're no very good. They're going to be good in that. They might breeze through the East. Honestly, I've seen some people say there's no way they get past the Sixers. I think that would be a great series, but yeah, I don't don't know, know. man. Yannick put Giannis on Embiid. See what happens there. Put Drew on. Harden. James Harden, yeah. Be a good matchup. That would yeah. be a fun one. I, I hope that's one that we get to see. I hope so, too. I think I think that's probably what the Eastern Conference Finals will be. And of those two teams, it's so hard to say. I would like to play the Bucks again, but... The Sixers are probably a bit more beatable. We probably match up with them a bit better. I don't know. Hard to say. That's a tough call. It'd be a fun finals either way. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, though. I'm looking way ahead right now. (laughs) That's right. Let's keep. Let's just look at these next four games on the schedule. Uh, We'll do next next week's game previews. 
We start things off with a back-to-back. Uh, Tuesday, the day this episode comes out, we have the Magic. And then we head over to Miami for the game Wednesday against the Heat. As close as these teams are geographically, I would say that they are exact opposites on the court. The Magic are having a really tough season, while the Heat are absolutely on fire, won 14 of their last 16. So that's a tough matchup being the second one of a back-to-back. Yeah, it is. Scheduled loss, as they say. The Heat are great. Again, if we go two and one over the next three, or three and one over the next four, that'll be just fine. That will be a challenge, though. So the the Heat one, we count that as a loss. That means we got to beat both the Raptors and the Lakers. Luckily, they're both at home. Uh, We got the Raptors on Friday and the Lakers on Sunday. And hopefully for this Raptors game, we're getting some guys back in the rotation. Uh, you got to assume that D-Book should be back shortly. And Cam Johnson with just a bruise, you got to think that uh, by Friday this week, he should be back by then, right? I would think so. I just, I'm not worried about the Lakers. I think we're going to beat them handily. I mean, if LeBron's going to go for 54, have a big-time game like that, you know, they, they can hang with anybody. I, I'm not going to just right. write off the Lakers as much as I like to joke about how crappy they've been this year. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is funny that they are one of the teams that I am not as worried about. Right. How often does LeBron drop 54, 56 points or whatever? Oh, it's very rare. It, right. It's been like, what, 12 years in between 50-point yeah. games or something like that? I'm not worried. I mean, the Lakers are in total disarray. So, yeah. LeBron, after that big night, he's probably going to be in the ice bath until we play. So, uh, if he's defrosted, maybe he'll have a chance. Yeah. And the Raptors, the Raptors are good. I mean, there is some concern with them. I mean, they're a solid team. Siakam has given us some trouble in the past, but... This is a game where I look at the rebounding because our first matchup this year is where Chris Boucher had like 10 offensive rebounds against us. They dominated us on the glass. And with how we've been rebounding lately, that's a little worrisome. If if Aiton's going to come alive and grab 20 rebounds like we've seen happen in the past, uh, let's let's do it Friday night. Let's do it every night, but uh, Friday and especially Friday. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, these Eastern Conference teams that we only play twice, just weird. Um, our bet question is in this Raptors game, though. Uh, we're going to be guessing campaign assists versus the Raptors. Campaign has been dishing the ball pretty well. So how many assists will he have against the Raptors? Ooh, I have to go first? Well, I'm losing went, now. Have some I went, sympathy. I went first last time, but... We were guessing if Chris Paul would wear a beanie, so I will go first. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> so, Campaign did have a game where he had 16 assists in this last week. Do I see that happening again? Probably not. But we know we're missing about 10 assists or so. Chris Paul, that's about his average. He was leading the league in assists per game. I think he was just over 10. Does campaign replace that? Uh, give me nine. I'll say nine. I'm going to price is right. Yeah, I'm going to go eight. Eight. 
Okay. So let us know on Twitter at SendingPHXPod how many assists you think campaign will have against the Raptors. And whoever is closest will get a shout-out on next week's episode. With that, we will move to our non-sports section of the show, which I'm pretty excited for. Our question is, when was the last time you were caught (laughs) red-handed? Okay. You have a little bit of background info on this, and I know you're excited to hear it. Yeah. I I just dropped it on you before the show, but I didn't tell you any details. Okay. So, my wife (laughs) wanted me to stop Q-tipping my ears. As a speech-language pathologist who has done some studying of audiology in the ear and all that, and hearing and listening, uh, (laughs) she says that Q-tips are bad for your ears because they plug your ears with wax rather than remove them. You remove some, but you plug, you just shove it back into your eardrum is more or less what the moral of the story is. And I like Q-tipping my ears, and Mitch, I know you like Q-tipping your ears too, I love it. I love it. Okay, so she had been getting on me about it, and I said, you know what? When I finish this box of Q-tips, I will quit Q-tipping my ears. So I finished a box, and I quit Q-tipping my ears for, it had to be like three to four weeks. I gave it up cold turkey. I just stopped. And my ears were always itchy. There was an occasion where earwax just like fell out of my ear one time and I was appalled by that. It's so (laughs) gross. But anyways, apparently you're supposed to just let that stuff build up. Whatever. Anyways, I gave it up for weeks. And then one day I was cleaning out a cabinet in the bathroom and I saw an old box of Q-tips. The ones that I don't like, the plastic ones. Oh, Oh, those are the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. But, you know, when you're jonesing for a Q-tip. You'll uh, do whatever you can. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. So I did it. And it was kind of gross, the amount of stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that felt really good. I don't want to make a habit out of this. I can't tell Natalie. <laughs> so I, I, like, threw it in the bottom of the garbage can and moved on. And I wait, and I I was like, I'm not going to do it every day. Uh, that'd be too much. I'm going to, that's a little too much. I, I don't want to upset her that much and have her see like 10 Q-tips in the, in the garbage or something. Anyways, I'm doing it, you know, once a week, twice a week. Things are good. No one knows. And then all of a sudden, I must have just got a little too loose with it, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the bathroom, just standing there. Uh, The door wasn't all the way closed, but I was standing directly in front of the door with the light on. And then all of a sudden behind me, the door just creaks open. Oh, never good. I am standing there with a Q-tip in my ear, literally in my ear. And she just went, she just gasped. (laughs) Oh, and, you know, there's probably a lot of worse things that your wife could walk in on you doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But uh, the, the look of disappointment was real, and I felt very bad about it. Mm. And I've uh, once again quit Q-tipping my ears. But that was the last time 
I was caught red-handed, and it was somewhat recently. Yeah. So I fall into these weird YouTube rabbit holes. You know this about me. Mm-hmm. And I got into an ear, nose, and throat doctor advice YouTube rabbit hole recently. Wow. And okay. uh, one thing I heard is it's fine to Q-tip your ears as long as you don't put it in the ear canal. If you want to clean, you know, the little upper part of your ear, a little bit on the inside, just not going into the ear canal. They say that's fine. So she can uh, disagree with me on that. That's okay. But that is what I've seen. Because I'm like you. If I don't do it, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling her that, like, my ears are aren't built like yours they're producing a lot of earwax right i I don't think that's normal but i don't know man well here's Uh, what happens if you don't you will get an impaction and i've had this before and so has my wife and you have to buy this stuff we get this thing called debrox and it's like a gel liquid gel that you have to put in your ear and you let it sit for half an hour or so and uh it has like a chemical reaction with the oxygen in the air and it loosens up all that earwax and then you have to fill your sink with hot water and you have to fill a little bulb thing with water and you put that in your ear and you squeeze it over and over and over until you get that big chunk out so i would like to avoid ever having to do that again okay I I might have to take my wife's side on this. Impactions? I don't know if that could just happen from normal buildup. It sounds like you get it impacted by shoving it in there. You could, but have my I been wife, brainwashed? My wife does not Q-tip her ears, and she got one of those impactions. Oh. And I Q-tip my ears every day, and I haven't had one in years. The last time I had one of those impactions was like ten years ago or so. See, I've never had problems with my ears, and I feel like I hear pretty well, too. I don't think I have any issues. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure she knows more than me about this, and that's fine. But that's my experience with it. And I may be hearing about this as soon as this episode posts and she listens to it. Did I ever tell you about my ruptured eardrum? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I did tell you. I don't know if I said it on the show, but if you want to hear about my ruptured eardrum, let us know on Twitter and maybe I'll talk about it next time. But Ooh. I ruptured my eardrum once. Um, last time I was caught red-handed. <laughs> Not quite as dramatic of a story. But uh, it was Christmas time. And I was getting my wife the new iPhone 13 for Christmas. And she was working our vacation schedule didn't exactly line up i had a couple days off that she was still working so i went to the apple store i tried to go to verizon directly first but they were all sold out they said you have to go to the apple store so i go to the apple store and my mom had had this issue years ago trying to get my sister a phone for her birthday or something and what happens is when you put a new phone on your plan an automatic text gets sent out saying, oh, this new phone has been added. So I go in and I tell them, I do not want this to happen. I do not want a text sent out 
So we go, you know, the, the girl helping me there was really good. And she says, okay, go into the My Verizon app, turn these settings off on her end, because my wife and I are both the same account. I could turn the notification settings off. So I do that. And we're talking about payment. And I said, yeah, I just want to add this to my account. I want to add this to my monthly bill. And they said, okay, well, the only way to do that is going to notify her. So I was like, hmm, okay. And then I said, well, maybe they came up with this alternate way that we might be able to do it. And in order to do that, they needed access to my account or something like that. And that sent a text out. And so she texted me immediately and said, I got this weird text from Verizon. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you trying to get into the account or something? And I'm like, I came up with some excuse we had gotten an email from verizon that i had told her oh i don't know maybe this is spam and i said oh yeah i said i'm on i'm on the phone with customer service because i'm trying to figure out if this email was spam or not (laughs) that's what i told her and she pretty much saw right through it and i had been telling her you need a new phone you need a new phone because hers was so old and uh, she was still a little surprised when I gave it to her, but then she's like, yeah, I kind of knew with that text. So that's probably the closest to when I was last caught red-handed. All right. Once you get 10 more years into the marriage game, let's check back. <laughs> yeah. And see if we well, get anything a little more juicy. And it might not even take that long. Once our daughter is born, we're having a girl, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. Um, once she's born, there will probably be more opportunities <laughs> for this of you let her eat that after 9 p.m. or whatever, or you let her stay up past her bedtime, or she told me that you said a bad word or whatever. Yeah, that's it's probably going to happen. <laughs> that's very true. All right. We thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, hit us up on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. We'll see you next week and go Suns. <laughs>